GameZillaMedia.com. Video game makers believe that their products are starting to attract a whole new market. The voice of the gaming generation. The competition in this industry is so fierce, but we did manage to get a glimpse into the future. Real gaming opinions. The obvious question is, of course, how long will this smashing success last for video games? The last line of the major gaming news. The GameZilla Podcast. Look, that comes one of them now. Welcome to the GameZilla Podcast, your last line of defense in major gaming news. I'm your host, Grimlock, and with me in the GameZilla Media Studios, my co-host, my audio producer, Butterboy! The joke is on you. The Butterboy has taken his taxes because while you were prepping for the show, I literally went upstairs and stole a couple knifefuls of your butter to put on a baked potato. I believe it. I believe <laughs> it. I went right in your fridge. You're living it. Like a raccoon digging through garbage. It's like I could smell the butter through the fridge and I was like, "You got the good stuff. You got Lando Lakes, you know, cheap out." I went you, for it. I mean, you think you think that, that that you're playing me here, but what you don't realize is that I don't even use butter. I bought butter, staged it in my house, knowing that you would buy into this and slowly but surely move further and further into the new you, Butterboy. Yeah, the, the Deadite Knight is drifting further and further away. That's right. And what, what would be the schemiest scheme of all is you buy butter and you fill it with laxatives as like a trap against me. Ooh, butter trap. We'll see in a few minutes here. But anyways, <laughs> welcome to episode 301 of the GameZilla podcast, oh. brought to you by our lovely patrons. Yes, our supporters on Patreon, patreon.com slash GameZilla Media. If you're watching us on Mixer, you listen to this podcast, or wherever you enjoy listening to GameZilla, consider joining our patrons at patreon.com slash GameZilla Media with patronage starting as low as just $1 per month. And that gives you uh, access to the State of the Zilla Show, which is a once-a-month special show. It's a collaboration across all GameZilla Media platform shows. So if uh, you know you like The Legend of Retro, you like The Last Action Podcast, whatever show you like, uh, different hosts from the different shows get together and talk about a subject that is not normally covered in any of the five GameZilla Media podcasts. Uh, if you join us at the $5 per month, that is the exclusive content level. You'll get uh, at least one show per month exclusively from every show on the GameZilla Media Network. Network available there for you. You can't listen to them anywhere else or only for our patrons. Uh, just as a thank you for helping support and build GameZilla Media and the GameZilla Podcast. And that includes the monthly must or bust where Grim and I and Miggy all get together and tell you what games you should and should not buy in the upcoming month. And then we put our pre-shows when we do a pre-show recording, extra news that we can't quite fit in the show. We sit down and talk about it and throw it on Patreon for you as a bonus. So consider joining our patronage today. If you're watching us on Mixer, you see the names of our many patrons across the bottom with the ticker. Good work, player one, Miggy, on making the ticker work. Right now is the perfect time to join Patreon because why is that, Grim? Because March is almost here, and that mustard bust is going to be hot. Woo, hot! It's going to be real hot. Woo! You're right about that. I'm just saying this because January and February were exactly yeah nice right. yeah. <laughs> All you that joined in January and February, you're all suckers. No, I'm just kidding. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Whoa. There's plenty of great content on Patreon, and it hits every week. But, uh, but seriously, the muster bust for March, I'm really excited for because yeah, we have a we have some we have some big some big hitters coming in March. So. Yeah, it's gonna be a good month for gaming. Absolutely, we got some big hitters news wise on the show today. We're gonna talk about some cool stuff. Grim, give them a little tease. Give them a little little sample of what they're gonna listen to over the next hour. Boston's butt hurt. 
Thank you. I, I delayed for that one. Uh, the Dual Shock wants your uh, wants your data. <laughs> that one's on me because that was bad. And uh, and yeah, the um, the Xbox Phil, Phil's coming out with bazookas on. He's he's back. He's back with Xbox Series X on his shoulders. He's ready to rock. Woo. He's ready to rock. He's not holding back. We're getting ready for for big time here in the next couple months. But anyways, we're gonna be talking about. PAX East, PS5, Xbox Series X, and of course, we want to talk a little bit about what makes you rage in video games. All this and some more on episode 301 of the GameZilla Podcast. I'm searching the web for the latest gaming news. Searching GameZillaMedia.com. Downloading headlines. What about this monster story of yours? Download complete. Topic number one. The mayor of Boston is urging Sony to return to PAX East. If you're watching on Mixer.com slash Media, look at this idiot right here. <laughs> look at this idiot. <laughs> okay. This Roger Goodell looking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> By that I mean he's a white man in a suit. I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say. Every white man in a suit is Roger Goodell to me. All right, so let's let's uh, let's recap a little bit. Sony has decided to skip PAX East uh, due to the coronavirus, and uh, they came out with a quote. Sony did that said, "We felt this was the safest option as a solution." Um, the situation is changing daily. The company said in a blog post, "We are disappointed to cancel our participation in the in the event, but the health and safety of our global workforce is our highest concern." Okay, that was that was their quote when they decided that they were going to withdraw from Pax East. This was Boston's response with by from the mayor was simply um, writing a. Well, uh, 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 you got it. You got to read it in the Boston accent. I can't. I can't. You you you, <laughs> you got to do it. You do it then. I don't know how to read. Where? This was so. First of all, before you read this, let me just let me just say that. Um, like I said, PlayStation backed out over fears of coronavirus, and so the mayor of Boston, Marty Walsh, is not happy with Sony's decision to drop out of PAX East, which is a Boston event, so just so we can connect those, and has penned a letter to Sony president Yoshida-san asking him to reconsider. Here is his word-for-word from his mouth. (laughs) This is a Uh, clip that we recorded in an interview. Take it away, Butterboy. These fears reinforce harmful (laughs) stereotypes the generations of Asians have worked hard to dismantle. Walsh wrote in a letter, he said, they trigger our worst impulses to view entire groups of people with suspicion (laughs) to close ourselves off Wow. Is to miss out on opportunities. It sounds like Christopher Walken. (laughs) To miss out on opportunities. In connection with a global city provides, yeah, I can't read. You but did it. You did tried. it. You got. There's, I, I, there's only a little. There's a. There's a little spot left. But for those of you that can't understand a heavy Boston accent, you know, we really tried. A very authentic heavy yeah. Boston accent. Uh, these fears reinforce harmful stereotypes that generations of Asians have worked hard to dismantle. 
Uh, Walsh wrote in this letter, they trigger our worst impulses to view entire groups of people with suspicion, to close ourselves off, and miss out on the opportunities and connections of the global city, uh, glo our global city provides. As a large international company, you have the opportunity to set a good example. As a leader in technology, you can show <laughs> that you are motivated by facts and not fear. Uh. So yeah, facts not fear. Facts <laughs> not fear. Now, this is this is. I read this at first, and I just was super. I was I was annoyed. I started off annoyed, and then I got pissed off that this mayor is really like calling out Sony and be like reconsider and come back. You know, there's only this there's only this thing going on that possibly just by traveling you could end up end up getting and uh, you know. And die from it. No big deal. Like, not your employees could just get sick, and you can help spread it. And uh, there's only been one case in Boston. Okay, listen. There has been listen, just Sony. one case. Sony, Sony, one, just Sony. One. There's just only one. been one case, and that person's at home recovering. I really have no idea. They might have died. That is wrong. They are dead. They <laughs> okay. are no longer a threat to the citizens of Boston. They have. They are deceased. Uh, like my whole thing here is like, if you're, like, I understand facts. Okay, I understand facts. But, like, if that's your excuse as to why you should reconsider, hey, here in Boston, we only had it happen once. So just come on, reconsider. It's like, right, but I don't have to, I don't teleport to Boston. I go to an airport that has people traveling everywhere, coming from every direction of the world, and then you have to sit there and and deal with that along with then land into Boston, which is an international another international airport or large airport, I should say, and deal with it there. So plus we're talking about packs, which I've been to plenty of them and and I know it's joked about, but it's real, okay? Pax Pox. It's called Pax Pox because everybody gets sick every time you go to Pax because people go to the show sick. Okay, so maybe you don't get coronavirus, but you're probably going to get something because somebody's there that shouldn't be there because they're not going to just stay at home after spending all this money to go to Pax. <coughs> so my whole thing is I like what Sony said. I, you know, our global workforce, the health of our global workforce is the most important thing. That was very, like, for a company that I usually laugh at their statements and, and their decision making, they, this was a good one. I actually was like, okay, mm -hmm. good call. And then you have the city of Boston and all this comes off to me as as the mayor is, this is one of our biggest events and uh, there's a lot of money on the line here. Like, that's what it, re it really comes out to, like, greed and just like, yeah, but what about my city? What about me? What about us? Like, you mm. you were, like, the the big, like, catalyst to this show. You were bringing The Last of Us Part 2. You were bringing these things that people wanted to see, and now, they, now they're going to be mad. And it's, and it's you know, and it's, it's my event. I just think it's it's childish. It's It really comes off, like, dude, what, what is your problem? It's, you're the mayor of Boston, like... Seriously, you still ha you still have packs. It's not like it's not like Penny Arcade was like, "Hey, we're canceling the whole show." If Sony's out, we're out. Like they didn't say that. Square Enix pulled out too. I don't see you, you know, sitting here screaming about, "Oh, you should reconsider, Square Enix." Where's that article at, Mayor? I I think it has a lot more to do 
with not wanting to go to a large expo and be around a ton of people and ha- and ask their employees to travel that has anything to do with going to Boston. That's it. I, I think I think it could be anywhere in the United States, and Sony might have been like, yeah, you know, maybe sending our employees <laughs> to a convention where people are traveling international to go to it is not the right move to do right now. And honestly, Sony should have just come out and been a little more straightforward and said, we don't be- want to be around filthy-ass gamers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, go go search PaxPox, and you will find that every year people come home and they get sick because of it. Like, it's just... <sighs> with everything that's going on right now and the fear, and, and, you're, and, and he is right to some extent. The numbers aren't like, oh, dear God, if you step outside of your house, you're going to die. Like, it's not, right? We're not talking that. But at the same time, if you don't have to travel on an airplane with like a closed circuit air ventilation system that's just pumping disease around and you don't have to put yourself in a giant building that has 50,000 people plus just walking around coughing on everything, touching everything with no sanit, like, like PAX is like, we're going to have more sanitization um, um, zones. We're going to have more places where you're going to be able to clean. Right. But like, what about that? Like booth? That's like got all the controllers that everybody just touches over and over and over again. Like to me, it's like you're not going around and sanitizing everything. So what about all of that stuff that's going on? If you don't have to be in that world, then why put yourself in it? And I like going to PAX. Okay. Like I get it. PAX is one of my favorite events every year, but I also understand the sense of right now what ha- what's happening right here is it's not necessary. You, you, you know, you're not rolling out. It's not like they. I guess maybe PAX is upset because maybe they were planning on rolling out PS5 at PAX East. Like you know, like maybe something like that was going to happen, and now they're not getting that that big like slam dunk. I don't know. Like Ooh. I could look at it that way and be like, oh yeah, I'd be pissed too. But but. Penny Arcade would be more pissed than the than the mayor of Boston. Now let me. I want to slide over to the uh, to the chat here on Mixer because I see someone that's disagreeing with me. The OG Sphinx says, "Sorry, Graham, I don't agree with you on this one. This is 100% Sony bailing on packs. These fears of coronavirus are ridiculous. My brother and wife do the auto show circuit around the country. I teach I teach with 6,000 students every day. Uh, convention centers have gross germs, but this kind of, this is kind of going too far." You don't travel from Japan to Boston. Like I don't have you don't have to go overseas to get here. We're talking about a Japanese company. Not only that, but um I mean an event like this could bring people from outside um like not only just Japan, but I mean China and other countries that have, have awful, also experienced right. um the disease bringing them here to one concentrated area. Right. And OG Sphinx, I believe you're incorrect about that. Japan does have coronavirus at this point. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. And Iran and another country have just disclosed today that they're also dealing with something. So, pump the brakes here. You don't you don't have people uh, you don't have vans driving around China just scanning people's temperature, stopping the van, throwing them in the back of the van, and disappearing. You know, with masks on and everything because it's not a big deal. So again, it's a video game convention. Sony being there, guess what? They haven't been at E3 for two years. E3 seems to be still happening. So everyone needs to calm down. You're going to play Last of Us Part 2 in a month. So f- just fucking relax. It's not a big deal. 
to have the mayor of a city come out and be like, oh, just please reconsider your 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 stereotyping complete groups of people. No. No, I'm just I'm just being safe. I don't think yeah, I don't think it has anything to do with stereotyping Asian people. I'm sorry about that. Because here's the bottom line, Sphinx. When the PS5 gets released and you go out and buy one, like the, somebody's gonna be like, "Thanks, Jackass. You still bought our system. No big deal. Enjoy Horizon, uh, uh, Horizon Zero Two or whatever the Horizon Zero Dawn Two. Like, don't worry about it. Have fun." <laughs> so. What I wonder, and it, it, Sony has no reason or obligation to put any of this out, but I wonder what their current corporate travel guidelines and advisories are. Grim and I work for a major corporation. Thank you. And, and you know, large international company, and there are travel advisories that have been getting updated pretty much every week saying, hey, it's okay to travel here. Hey, we've really, we want to limit all company travel to a hundred percent as needed basis. They don't. They want people doing more telecommuting uh, because of this. Because we are an international company, where you know, Grim and I both work at a Japanese company, so there is a lot of international travel. A lot of people travel to Japan and back and forth, and so Sony may have said, you know, internally to its employees, like we are locking down travel policies in in the efforts to keep our employees healthy. What happens, it, again, the odds of someone going to Boston and catching the coronavirus are extremely are low. low. Yeah, But absolutely. what happens when Sony sends their employees there and someone does contract it, and then all of a sudden there's a potential legal liability or, from, you know. Yeah. Or an outbreak. What happens, yeah. it, what happens when PAX East is an outbreak? What does that do to the show? Which so, again, it's pro it, the odds of that happening are astronomically low, yeah. but it, Sony didn't feel like gambling. Well, yeah. that's at least the excuse they gave. That's yeah, at least the excuse they gave. But bottom line, you make a great point: is that even our company here, there's restrictions where we can't travel, even if we wanted to, at the point. But I mean, I don't know. I just I look at this and I go, it's not a big deal. And a company like this coming out and making this statement is is huge, considering that yeah, you know what, Pax East. It's still going to be a very successful show, and Boston will still bring in a ton of tourism revenue. But Sony, the only person that the only company that's really taken a hit here in theory is Sony, because I don't think anyone's going to be like, well, not going to PAX because Sony's not there. I mean, if it is, it's it's a it's a small percentage, and at this point, we're talking PAX is in a week, so like. Good. Like, what are you gonna do? Resell your tickets and your airfares stuck? So I mean, like, I don't I don't know, like. To me, I don't see it making a very big impact, and the only and so the only company here that's missing out on exposure, missing out on on revenue, and missing out on stuff is Sony. I mean, who knows? They might have been looking. I mean, at analytics from that the year of the of the banjo, the solo banjo performance, and then the year <laughs> after that, um, how I mean, possibly I don't know. I don't know if there was any less people there or how businesses did. I mean, who knows? They could have been looking at that, and they could have been thinking about that year. So they're. <laughs> Bottom line right now, Sony is in a spot right now where they could literally stop talking to us, shut their websites down, and we would still be waiting at their front door like, are you going to tell us? Like like a lost puppy. Like, <laughs> is it time yet? Are, is the PS5 here? Like, they don't have to do anything right now, and they still own their fan base. Last of Us Part Two is is right around the corner. No one's walking away from that. And then the PS5 announcement is probably just as soon. We're talking 30 to 60 days tops before we find out about the PS5. So they could literally just ghost. Mm -hmm. 
and it wouldn't affect them one bit because the second they showed up anywhere at a fucking McDonald's and they said, here's the PS5, we all would start drooling on the table and be like, oh my God, when can I pre-order it? So they, they, they hold the power right now. They have this decision to say, we're going to take care of our people, we're not going, and it doesn't matter. And they're right. It's a bummer for people that have already bought tickets to PAX. It's a bummer for people that are attending PAX that are Sony fans. There's no doubt that it's a bummer, but at the same time, I'm not... This isn't some news story that's coming out and making me upset at Sony. It's unfortunate, and maybe I'd feel differently if I was an attendee of PAX. OG Sphinx is now using NBA and NHL references, okay? I'm going to take it one step further. Should should North American, like, functionality cease to exist? Of course not. Like, okay, I'm not sitting here saying we need to, we need to live inside of our houses with gas masks on all day long. But what I am saying is that international travel, international events need to be considered. Okay, Overwatch League, which is a professional league and, and is has been altered. Professional league. Has been altered by it. <laughs> league of Legends has been altered by it. Um, th- one of the biggest mobile d- uh, technology conferences in the world every year, the entire conference was canceled. That was in Japan. So, like, it, yeah, people are taking precaution because guess what? That conference was maybe somewhere that doesn't have a giant outbreak of it, but guess what? Travels to Japan. Traffic from every location. Does Japan want to be the next country that has a major outbreak? Because I don't want North America to be it. So I don't know. Like, is it really necessary? Do you really have to go? Like, again, I love PAX, but is it really that important for Sony to say, yep, we got to be there. We have to show Last of Us Part Two. If we don't go, the game's going to fail. Like, because that's not going to happen. That's true. <laughs> Anyways, this topic, we can keep talking about it in the Discord, right? So we have Discord, talk with gamers from around the world every day, and uh, we can just keep it going in the PlayStation chat. What do you think? Is Sony protecting its people? Even if you could think of this as an excuse, I think they, they led with the right foot. They presented themselves well, and I don't think they have anything to answer for, anything to reconsider. I think this is a, a good decision for them, and they should own it. I don't want to see them go back on it. I think that would be a bad move. Would you agree? Yeah, yeah. Stick to your guns. Don't don't let people on the internet bully you into doing things. We live in a we live in a world where with cancel culture that everyone just caves to the the chatterings of the public. And, uh, and Sony have some balls. Yeah, absolutely. And Sphinx, yeah, of course they have U.S. reps, but I mean, to some extent, I mean, their 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 headquarters, their their main operation is. Overseas, just like where we work, our main operation is overseas. Do we have an office here? Yeah. Do, do I ask questions every day to Japan? Yes. Because do I have the answers? No, because they don't want me to have the answers because they're the world headquarters. <clears throat> Hi. Hi. All right. Topic number two. This is gonna be. This is gonna be a. A whole episode of this, guys. Just so you know, I hope you're ready because this was not the end of. Angry, well, upset Grim. Topic number two. I'm here to instigate. (laughs) Topic number two. DualShock 5 will modify users' experience based off of biofeedback. Try that again. Try that again. There it is. There it is. I got some biofeedback for you. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. It's <laughs> my favorite button. DualShock 5, Sony Interactive Entertainment's next-generation controller for the PS5, will seemingly be using biofeedback to modify the user's experience. According to the new Sony patent, the controller will feature sensors to gather biofeedback from the user's hands during normal use. This is not to be confused with the other patent that just got released as well, showing an upgraded VR situation with scanners built into it as well, scanning like your fingers. So this is in addition to that. So the sensor on one or both sides of the DualShock 5 grips are going to track uh, electrodermal activity or uh, sweat secretion and heart rate. That's gross. Right? And heart rate. The biofeedback will then be used by the PlayStation 5 to make adjustments to a user's gaming experience. How exactly this is going to happen uh, and what changes we are not sure of yet. Obviously, this is just reading a patent and... and understanding the technology in the patent, not Sony disclosing how it's going to work yet. Um, like I just said, the patent doesn't specify these things. However, the patent does mention using images captured of the user, which indicates that part of this may depend on the PlayStation camera as well. So uh, the, the, the statement on the patent is, biofeedback information is used to select between one or more options presented to, in a piece of content without the user having to provide further input. So it's literally going to read your reaction, basically, and then pick for you based off that reaction. I mean, it, it the only way that this sounds in any way interesting, it would be like a survival horror game. Like when you're frightened, f- scary things happen. I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Yeah. This really bums me out. Uh, the go- <laughs> <laughs> this news is the worst. This is the worst news I've heard about the PlayStation Five. <laughs> it, it is for sure. The goal of the patent, as described by the document, is to provide uh, an immersive and highly interactive experience for players. The patent uh, indicates that the feature is designed to work with virtual reality, which means Sony plans to take VR experience to a whole new level. Um, there's a desire to, in computer gaming, to provide an immersive and highly interactive experience for players. Uh, as so as to enhance the enjoyment of the player, this has become. <laughs> <sighs> Man, no, actually, I just I just figured out how this this works. You pop in Death Stranding, you know, up converted Death Stranding for the PS5, and your controller senses you're so bored it just switches over to a fun game. <laughs> hey, <laughs> uh, this that's has a, become that's a, be- that's a beautiful idea. This has become a particular interest with the increasing availability of head-mounted displays. Okay, so the biofeedback will help the system understand a user's emotional response during gameplay. When users are experiencing emotional responses, their sweat glands may be uh, stimulated, and thus a change in the electrodermal activity can be measured. The patent seems very interesting and can help developers create better, more immersive gameplay experience. However, this also raises a concern about your biofeedback data being shared or possibly sold to third parties. This is where my concern comes into play right there the second you start reading my heart rate and and my sweat gland secretions and scanning my eyeballs to see how stressed out i am and ready to chuck my controller at my camera is and then you sell that to like some company that makes rage pills to calm you down and all of a sudden i'm getting these ads on my phone like that's I'm not okay with this. On top of we're talking about a company that has had major breaches in the past. So now my date now let's just talk about your data getting stolen. Right? Mm-hmm. So 
I have I have a I have a special angle here. Okay, I have two pieces to this. I didn't think I I didn't wasn't sure if I was going to talk about it, but I'm going to talk about it because this this might be a deal breaker for me with the PS5. I officially might sit there and say if I can't disable this 100%, I may not play this system. I have a heart condition. My heart rate looks different than everybody else's. That's true about you. Is that because of that? Is the game going to be affected? Because it makes decisions based off of certain input. If my heart rate is changed and different than yours, and they just assume that means that I'm excited or I'm scared or something like that, are decisions being made that I'm not actually wanting wanting to happen or I'm not actually in that emotional state for them to happen? On top of that, my data being sold off or stolen, how does that work when people go, oh, this, this person clearly has a heart condition? Look at look at the heart rate. Yeah, yeah. Look look at this this person's irregularities in their heartbeats. Yeah. At you know what should be calm resting points in gaming. Now someone collecting this data knows information about you that you might not want them to know. Exactly. It's that's uh. So it's an interesting take that not every not everybody is going to think about. And some people are like, I don't care. I'm a healthy person. Like let them use my heart rate for whatever and sell me you know and sell it to third party. I'm looking at it differently. Yeah, you know, and I'm also looking at it from the standpoint that that I have to I have to research this technology because the last time I did a health check, you guys used to grab those little metal that, that little machine that had the metal contacts and it would read out your body fat and all that stuff. I was not allowed to do that yeah. because it sends an electrical current back through your body, and they didn't think anything would happen to me, but they didn't want to take the chance, so they weren't allowed to let me take that test. So again, that is a situation where I'm like, okay, am I really going to worry about playing video games or do I just want to play video games? So if Xbox comes out and says, here's a normal controller that doesn't do this, and Sony comes out and says, here's a fucked up controller that does everything that we're claiming... I'm, this is a problem. This is actually a real decision that I'm going to have to make where before I told everybody, just going to buy them both. I'm a gamer. I, this really, like, what I would end up doing probably, finding a third-party controller that doesn't have any of that built into it. I bet you can. I bet you there's some like cheap grip. duct tape. Yeah. Duct tape. You can get a silicone grip around it that just will, you know, like it won't track anything. I don't, I don't think you have to worry about being electroshock because, I mean, everybody knows that the PlayStation controller battery isn't, you know, isn't that powerful, you know, so... We don't know that though. This is this one could be uh, amped up big time after uh, the mistake they made with the PS4. <laughs> yeah, sneezy, sneezy attic and, and mixer uh, has been chiming in here talking about bingo the issue with with biofeedback and the data, what we're gonna do with it, and uh, and just it, it's just to me it's we already talk about how much companies share our data and and collect our data and do all sorts of weird shit with it. Now you're telling me that my video game console is going to do the same thing? I mean, you already get my buying habits. You already got me in microtransactions where you're, you're, you're getting trends and all sorts of stuff of how I interact with your device. Now you need my heart rate and my, and my sweat secretion to understand me as a gamer better. Also, here's my last major problem with this concept. If Xbox doesn't do it, and we already know other companies aren't doing it, then this is a proprietary system on Sony once again. And let me tell you about something when it comes to Sony, you know what, any company. When it comes to proprietary 
anything. What is third-party developer is now going to be like, all right, well, I have to work harder to get the full potential out of the PS4 than I do over here on the Xbox. And it comes down to that whole thing is that all of a sudden, if it let's just say it was a really cool feature. Let's just say it actually was really neat and you wish every game would take advantage of it. They won't, depending on how much extra work it takes to actually use it. They never do. And history has shown us that they just as plain don't. Yeah, and the history of Sony is it's not usually ever easy to to use it to take advantage of their proprietary system you can look at the ps3's cpu capabilities you can look at the you know at, or the six axis controls yeah you can look at the xbox connect you can look at the uh touch panel on the back of the vita you can look at the touch panel on the ps4 controller master of puppets saying beta max you can look it yeah. never works beta max sony has tried for years with all their proprietary formats it never works so i mean that's my pro that that's my three major issues a couple of them being more personal but mm -hmm. i can see it like affecting like the the medical field or 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 um you know th this in a world where we're trying to more and more and more create accessibility into gaming we've talked a lot about this right is disabled gamers and 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 everybody you know make sure everybody can play games this to me seems like once again you are making it more difficult to play games yeah because now you're telling me that if i don't use your you know first party controller I'm not going to get the full experience, maybe of some of first-party software, because you you can assume that first-party software will, if if this technology is built into the controller, it'll then you know games like from Naughty Dog, from you know from Santa Monica, those first-party studios will use that so will use it. It's the third party that I'm starting to think they're just not going to care. No, absolutely not. So one. I'm real sweaty when I game. Like, when I'm into it, so, like, that controller's going to be drenched. It's going to think I'm dying or going into shock or something. <laughs> like, it's just going to, it's going to, like, pause it, the no. game and call an ambulance It'll be because I'm for so you. sweaty and it, buttery. It'll always <laughs> knock it down into an easier mode. Oh, if, okay. Yeah. If because I'm so sweaty and so bad at games, if it does make it easier because clearly I'm panicking even on a novice mode, yeah. then, hey, maybe that is a beneficial feature for me. Yeah. Well, You'll unlock easy modes that don't exist in normal games. Like you actually can't just manually put it in that mode. It'll just go to cutscene only mode, and it'll just skip the gameplay. You just go cutscene, cutscene. <laughs> it's called the new sweaty <laughs> idiot mode. <laughs> it's the butter boy mode. <laughs> it's just for greasy idiots. Um, the next thing, because I am famously cheap, how much money is this controller gonna be? Yeah, right. If there's a control hundred dollar <laughs> controller now, and I'm like. That is a, a serious. Standard. It's a serious thing. If you, if you, let's say both systems come out five hundred dollars, but a second controller for the PlayStation Five is a hundred dollars, and a uh, Xbox Series X controller is sixty dollars. That right there could be enough for me to be like. You know what? I'd love to have the backwards compatibility with all of the. Uh, play, I have a huge library, PS2 all the way through PS4. I'd love to have that backwards compatibility. Because that's the big feature I'd be excited about, but it's not worth it. Because I, you know, I'm going to spend four hundred dollars on a set of controllers, three hundred additional dollars on getting four controllers, where I can get a reasonable Xbox controller for for less. Like that, that's a real thing. That I, I whenever I'm I'm looking into investing in gaming, 
I'm looking at the cost over the lifetime of the system. Yeah. I'm looking at the the value and how much it's going to cost me to enjoy using the system. And honestly, the cost of controllers is a big thing for me because I, I don't have a full, like I have, I only have three dual shocks. One of them I bought off a borderline homeless man at a garage sale <laughs> and refurbed myself. Yeah, that, that that's pretty accurate. That's pretty accurate. In fact, the other one my wife got for her birthday. I've never bought an additional DualShock controller that wasn't $2.50 broken at a garage sale. So if, if you're coming at me with a $100 controller because it's got all this crap that the controller didn't need, that's going to turn me off from utilizing your platform. It's like this is unnecessary. I just want to play video games and I don't want it to have to be this overly complicated thing. I don't own a PlayStation VR because I don't want to hook up a headset and deal with the hassle of having all that and having to wear something. I just want to sit on my couch and play a game. And if that makes more sense on Xbox, I might have to make the jump. Preach. Bottom bottom line is and and this is this is I never thought this day would come. The PlayStation VR is a better idea than this because the PlayStation VR at least gives you when they talk about a more immersive gaming experience, mm-hmm. right? A better gaming experience. VR can give you that different experience. The VR can put you inside of a game. It can put you in the cockpit of an airplane when you're flying. You know, it you could put you in the race car that is that has been digitally scanned and you're literally sitting in a real Ferrari and you can look around and see everything. Like it gives you a different view of a video game. It gives you a different feel. This scanning my hands and te- and and reading my biofeedback so that what it could sit there and say oh there this heart rate's elevated it's time for a jump scare or it's or yeah. or we're not going to go down the jump scare way we're going to go down this less less like I, like to me if anything you're cheapening the game just let me play the game the way I decide to give you my feedback with actual choice you are now making decisions of my game based off of biofeedback which does not take into consideration my actual feelings that i'm having right now of the game dude i got something big for you i got a big feature that this could this could enable that I don't know how I feel about it because I just made it up in my brain <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't had enough time i haven't had enough time to process how i feel about this Biometric feedback-based parental controls. Your child's getting a little too revved up playing Fortnite. They're getting upset. The controller can tell the kid's getting upset because, you know, everything he's too try-hard and the kid's getting all stressed out. Last end of session. Boots the kid out. Things like that. Things like that could be a reality in this. Now, again, we talk about kids having an addiction to Fortnite, that sort of things. That sort of parental control seems really extreme to me. Again, I just made it up in my brain, but... I think At the it, same point, I don't think it works well though, because someone like you, we put you in like in Fortnite, we put you in the final five, and you're sitting there trying to get get the win. It's gonna shut you down because you're gonna sit there and be too sweaty. Yeah, you exactly. <laughs> player one, Miggy. Exactly. Just notice this, this player has stopped breathing. Player one, Miggy exactly. forgets to breathe for yeah. God's sakes. He gasps at moments. He's like, <gasps> oh jeez, that's right. I have to breathe to live. I forgot. Like. Yeah, so, sleep apnea <laughs> machine shipped to your house after playing playing yeah. the game. Like we don't think you breathe when you game. Try this. Yeah, I, I like the idea is interesting. I just don't think you can. I don't think you could find that like threshold. Yeah. It's like okay, if their heart rate exceeds two hundred beats per second or whatever per minute or whatever, shut it down. Yeah, probably because this person's about to die. Yeah. But like, 
Otherwise, elevated heart rate happens in in like a stressful situation or in competition. Like you're gonna see elevated heart rate. But even if it's like after this session, it's going to oh, institute maybe, a 15 maybe. minute break. Like you get to finish your game. Yeah. But after after you die, it's like you know. You know what hey. that does? Yeah. That causes all the kids to start playing an Xbox where they don't have to worry about that. Yeah, absolutely. That tells all every parent. Every parent now is like, "Hey, mom, buy me an Xbox. Don't buy me a PlayStation." Yeah. Because because you know Billy at school told me how he could shut down every other game for a 15 minute time. Timeout because he gets too excited. Because the game could tell he literally pooped his pants during Fortnite. <laughs> and, yeah, it's got it's yeah. got smelling capabilities now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not to see. I could can tell you're dehydrated. <laughs> you should drink some water. <laughs> I could see the almost benefit of it. I, I would say if it was in Microsoft's hands, I could almost see a benefit to it. But I don't trust the PlayStation. I mean, just seeing what Microsoft you're is talking doing. about the, of the scanning, the, like the, the, the technology scanning. in general, the technology in general. I mean, because yeah. I can see. I mean, because there has been a few instances that I've read of people having heart attacks um, while playing games or whatnot. Um, is yeah, is that because they've lived on a steady, steady diet of Mountain Dew and Hot Pockets for 30 years? With 17 Red Bulls in 30 minutes? <laughs> right, and playing like th- like 84 hours straight. And streaming to like 5 in the morning and <laughs> then going to work? But I mean, even with people like that, taking it, to the, <laughs> taking it to the extreme, I mean, monitoring your heart rate. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, if there's some way of modifying the system where, you know, you can maybe like, I don't know, point of contact, like where it would shoot a distress thing um, to I, someone. I mean, I, I, I know you're concerned. I don't need my video game console to monitor my okay so so for me example my wrist monitor the device on my wrist monitors it sends it to my phone has has got i've built guidelines where it says if it exceeds this or drops below this do something right like all of that's already set i don't need my playstation and sony i'm sorry if i had to pick a company to to (laughs) save my life I'm sorry, it's not Sony. <laughs> they can't even save the life of their own hardware they put, they sell to you. Okay. I, they sell it to you and it's dead three months later. And I'm, I, and I'm not ripping on it. And like I own a PS4. I, I, I do enjoy Sony games and, and I've played and I, I own a Sony TV. I like I, There's products I like. But again, if I look at it, they're not the company that I'm going to say, yeah, you know what? My video game console is what's going to save my life. No, mm-hmm. like I'm not. That's not. No. Mm-mm. And so, it's an interesting concept. Both Miggy and 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 that I have brought up, but I, I don't want it. Like you said, I don't want it even in my controller. Just take it out. And I feel like this is one of those things that if they go to E three, or whenever they de- whenever they decide to release this information, they're not going to E three. That was a terrible example. They won't be at E <laughs> three. If when they take the stage and they talk about PS five wherever it is, and that, and they come out with that controller. I f- this could be similar to what Xbox One dealt with, with DRM and stuff like that, and and because yeah. because it is a big thing that it's going to turn people off. They're going to sit there and say, "I don't want that. I'm not. I'm out." Well, with the DRM, and also let's not forget one of the big follies of the Xbox One is at its initial launch, it was supposed to be. The one place for all your media. You could hook your cable into it. You can. It's it's a media center that also play games. And what did people do? They went. I didn't ask for this. I just mm-hmm. want a box that plays games. Just games. Yeah. And we could run into the same issue when you know Sony comes out and like, look at all this things. Look at all these things the controller does. And you'd be like, oh, I didn't ask for that. I just want some buttons and a joystick to make a thing move on the screen. Like that's that's all I wanted. I I don't I didn't ask for this. And I. 
I'm not going to pay for it. I'm not. I, I don't want to experience that. And that's the problem. Now, if you told me this was a feature you could buy a premium controller, I'm still not interested. But if it's not the base controller, if there's a special one you can buy for this, similar to buying the Rumble Pack back in the day, if it was mm. something like that, sure, whatever. I just don't. I don't want the the implementation of this or the cost of this to be forced upon the gamers. And as a as the resident person that actually plays on PlayStation currently. It bums me out. Yeah, it's uh, it's really, it's interesting if this, if when Sony takes the stage and actually reveals if it, if it is there as a like you say a standard, I think it's a big mistake. And if it's a if it's a premium, if it's a you know a, an upgrade controller, like hey, here's the standard controller, here's the biofeedback controller, and here's our brand new pro controller, right? And now all of a sudden they have a three three lines, all first party. I'm more okay with it. It's probably a controller that I will never buy and I have zero interest in, but I mean, I'm more okay with the fact that they're at least making it an option and not just packing it in with every system. But I mean, you also have to think about biofeedback in in a way that like Ghostwalker saying on Mixer is, you know, how, how that biofeedback could then be like recorded and used in a competitive scene. Right. So now all of a sudden it's like, Oh, we see this player and every time we go into this competition, in certain instances, we see these types of re- reaction to it. And so, with all that being said, how 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 was how does that change? It's almost like if you think about what's going on with baseball right now, and the Astros cheating and reading signs, and then just and then and then sending out signals as to what's coming next and things like that. Is that all of a sudden now we have all this data, extra data coming in for gamers that? It isn't necessary, and and then let's let's just take it way off the deep end. It's Sony; they've had major breaches yes. before. What happens when someone figures out a loophole back door into the PlayStation and can screw with that system? So my whole talk about how it could, you know, I have a medical condition type deal, and I don't want to hold this controller. What happens when that system is hacked, and it could be turned into a dangerous weapon to anyone holding it? Or an, another situation. Let's let's talk pro gaming. Let's say it's a fighting game. Let's say someone could hack the biometric information on a top player and notice when they play against a certain character, their heart rate changes. So it might indicate that they don't feel comfortable playing against that yeah. player, and that's an advantage that then someone else could master that yeah. one. And like again, those are things that wouldn't exist without that data being collected. Yeah. And that's, that's super. We're, we're super going out. There. We're going really yeah. down a rabbit hole on what ifs, and it, and again, we have no idea what this is actually going to do or be like. And okay, we're we're really hating on it because it does sound ridiculous and extra and things we don't want. It could be super cool. We a year from now, uh, we could be playing PlayStation Five and be like, you know, we were wrong. Yeah. It was a cool thing. It the controller is still sixty seventy bucks. Like it's a reasonable price. Like we, you know, hey, like this is kind of a neat thing, but. Probably won't be. That's from, that's my standpoint right now. Not not looking forward to it. All right. Let's move into our last news topic here. Phil Spencer took the stage today on Twitter. So not a real stage, but took to Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the metaphorical, the digital stage that is uh, yeah. 280 characters at a time or whatever you can tweet now. And decided to drop some official confirmation of the Xbox Series X coming out and 
confirming 12 teraflops of GPU performance, variable rate shading, hardware accelerated direct X ray tracing, quick resume for multiple games, and something called smart delivery. So a lot of a lot of the stuff, some of the stuff we kind of already knew. We knew ray tracing was coming. We just got a little bit more detail on it. But the 12 teraflops was a rumor not that long ago that that popped up. Now it's confirmed. That's that's um, twice as much as the Xbox One X. Which uh, it, it it still feels like the the One X just came out, but it didn't. Yeah. What is that One X? Two years old now. Yeah. So, but to think double. The, the processing power within two years is is really interesting. I was I was surprised by that when we were talking before the show. I was like, well, how much is the X? And you're like, six. I was like, oh, geez. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. So 12 is uh, is quite is, is is a nice jump, and some people have already started to come out and compare this to, and this is not apples to apples, So, but, but it was interesting to read that they are comparing it to be equivalent to a 2080 Super which is your NVIDIA RTX right now, kind of, I mean, the TI is about to come out, but right now it's kind of your flagship GPU, very close to your flagship GPU. So that's cool. Obviously, by the time this thing comes out, it, I wouldn't consider a 2080 Super to be flagship anymore. I wouldn't. I also wouldn't consider it to be middle of the road. It would still be an elite GPU. So, yeah, very, a very. If you went out and bought one of those cards, you'd be sitting pretty nice. Yeah, with very your, with capable. Exactly. So that's that's exciting to see because in the past we've seen GPU performance to be um, definitely less than that as far as what it is to to current GPU P PC GPU um, performance. So that that was um, pretty cool. I, I didn't read a lot about the variable rate shading, but I mean the the shading technology and textures and everything that we saw. Um, in some of their demos. In Senua. Yeah, in Senua, um, is they just looked amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, this is just them kind of confirming the the the, the whatever whatever they want to call it, the, the name of it. So, but um, the hardware accelerated direct X ray tracing, we knew ray tracing was coming. It's confirmed. They took it a step further with ray tracing going to be ba with backwards compatible gaming yeah which actually that that i'm very interested to mm -hmm. see um the way that these games are going to look and now i wonder is that just xbox uh one games or is that stuff all the way back to some of the 360 titles to kind of pretty them up i read something in in one of the articles stating that xbox original games could have ray tracing uh, in them <laughs> man that'd be so cool yeah so what that what that can lead to as far as making you know creating even better experience for for backwards compatibility gaming is uh, yet to be seen. But they are claiming you will be able to play everything that is that is backwards compatible on Xbox One today. It will be compatible on Xbox Series X at launch, and it will all be optimized for the Series X. So they're saying whatever the experience you have now playing an Xbox original game on on an Xbox One, it'll be better at launch. Sounds really cool. Yeah. Uh, again, they just they keep you you know this is a system that they built from the ground up and they and it took them a long time and now they've really, I think the way that Microsoft has been planning and thinking is that they're building platforms that they know can evolve as they move forward. They haven't built these archaic silos that then they're like, uh-oh, 
how do we include this in our next generation because it's on a, it's it's all built around architecture that we have that we don't have support for anymore or whatever right so i really have been impressed with how microsoft has been designing this they've really taken a good approach towards it and and we're we're getting we're, we're reaping the rewards now uh, moving into the series x quick resume is something that we already live with right you got a game you put your system into hibernate you boot it back up as long as you didn't kill that game, you're, you can jump right back into it. Now they're saying quick resume for multiple games. So as long as this game is on your system, you've played it, you've you got a save point or whatever, and you've moved to another game, you'll be able to jump back and forth without having to worry about re- fully rebooting uh, said game. Yeah, that that's actually a feature that I was excited about because let's say the idea is I'm sitting there gaming on something that's a one-player game. I'm having a good time. Wife comes home, and she's like, oh, let, let's play this, and then boom, boom, flip it right over, playing the game that you know her and I would play together where, where we left off, and she's like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to go make dinner, and then boom, boom, I'm right back into the exact spot I left off in my single-player game. That sounds really cool because it is always a little bit of a bummer when you have to exit out of a game to boot up another one. Uh, and then you have to go, you know, especially if the game has a long load up or something like that. So that's actually a feature that's one of those like small things that when you look at the feature list, you go, oh, cool. Like that's actually a practical thing that someone would want in a game system. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> very good point. Um, and then they they go on to talk about the the quick resume, the reenter uh, suspended games, talking about how the... Um, Solid state memory is is one of the reasons why this is possible, right? So, uh, instant immersion is what they they had like sections they called, and this one was called the instant immersion. Uh, Spencer points to the console solid state drive. You're not actually being immersed if yeah. your blood's not being s- sampled, scanned, scanned, and stolen. <laughs> um, yeah, your DNA is being replicated. Uh, <laughs> it clones yeah. you into the game using your sweat, right? Um, Sorry, we need to move on. <laughs> Where do I sign? Spencer Spencer points out to the solid state drive replacing the hard drive uh, discs from the previous Xbox consoles, which should improve load times. The console will also have the quick resume feature that allows you to re-enter suspended games with almost no wait times. On top of that, with all the way that they've been re- reducing this in, and creating this instant immersion, um, latency in, is seemingly being improved for both controllers and and HDMI input, and the console will support 120 frames per second. So, all that sounds really good. It's the last piece that he that he dropped uh, dropped on this. It sounded the coolest, though I think. And uh, on game compatibility, Spencer promises that all Xbox One games, as well as 360 and original Xbox games already supported by the Xbox One will work on Series X and will benefit from the better hardware with no developer work required. What we just talked about, keeping it out of the developer's hands because why are they going to go back and patch a game that maybe is already kind of, they moved on from. Spencer also announced Smart Delivery, which will allow games to be brought, bought once and work across all compatible consoles. Despite being technically different versions of the same game, this will this will apply to all Xbox Game Studio titles, and developers can even apply it to games they release on Series X later than Xbox One. Xbox Game Pass will continue to feature first-party games at launch, and that includes, confirmed now, Halo Infinite. So, 
back to the um, smart delivery. It's a really cool concept, and, and I guess it makes sense knowing the idea of that there is no Xbox Series X exclusive for the first two years of the console. Everything will be on Xbox, playable on Xbox One as well. But the cool idea is that if I buy it for one or the if I buy it for the lesser of the systems, I'm also buying it for the better of the the better system too. So and if you upgrade, there's no there's you, you have titles right away, even if you're not a subscriber to Game Pass, but if you just buy your one favorite game, when you upgrade your system, it's right there for you. That's and cool. Smart delivery is basically looking at the fact that it's clearly scanning what device you're using and then going out and pulling pulling what it needs to optimize it oh. so that you don't have to. And I mean, we did this in the past, right? When with the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X, there was no like, oh, I have to get the Xbox One X version or the PS4 Pro version. Like it was the idea that there it was supposed to be friendly where it didn't matter if you played on one or the other. It would figure it out. This is just taking it to the next step. And we got some big news because of it uh, that dropped today. Why don't you tell people what uh, what happened with because of smart delivery and what it means to one of the one of the biggest uh, release games this year? Yeah. So when when this statement was made, it was like, okay, well that's cool that you buy for one, you're going to be able to play it on the other. No, you know, no one's being left behind for for Microsoft first party games. Exactly. I'm not surprised by that. That's that's clearly the move that that Microsoft is trying to make and that's going to only incentivize you to upgrade your hardware cuz if there's not exclusives, the ability to take the games you've already bought on Xbox 1 and play them optimized to their fullest to how they would be designed to play on the Series X, that's not surprising. That's smart business. If you're not going to have exclusives, you got to at least give people the the ability to access those features at an accessible way, which is not charging them for them. Now, and then Microsoft's like, yeah, third-party developers can do this if they choose. And that, to me, that's third parties leaving money on the table. But no, big news coming out right now, Cyberpunk 2077. CD Projekt Red, they, they've already come out and said, hey, you buy it on Xbox One, you're going to be able to upgrade for free. You're going to get the free you know, for Series X when it launches. So I feel like this was something that we were kind of waiting to come out when when Cyberpunk got pushed back. Yeah. We we're kind of like, you know, that's really close to the new system up uh system launches. Is there going to be this play it here, play it there sort of situation? Did it get moved back for that? And I'm still kind of wondering that and this kind of even backs this up if we're seeing that hey, you buy it on Xbox, uh Xbox 1 in September when it comes out, when you buy your Series X in November, you're going to be able to play it. Yep. And, and to its fullest, and now it's essentially like a launch title. The uh, the fully optimized version is going to be like a launch title for the Series X. It's not necessarily the backwards compatibility. You're getting the full Xbox Series X version for free for the purchase you already made in September. That's that's really cool, and that gives you a reason to get the game, start playing it in September, and then when you buy your Series X, now, you, now you're really experiencing it at a next level, and that's super cool to me. It's really cool, and you you make a point that, which we, we haven't really disclosed yet, but it is this, as of right now, we don't know for sure, but as of right now, this gives me a reason to go with the Xbox platform again. Yeah. Is, is here we go. We already know that Sony... 
or sorry, that Microsoft is the Play Anywhere team. They know they they don't want the exclusive to the Xbox, you know, uh, system itself. They want it on PC. They want it wherever on XCloud and, and play on your phone. They want it everywhere. So now, we said that's great and all, but that's all first party. What's it going to mean for third party? What's it going to mean for third party? Here comes CD Projekt Red saying gamers should never be forced to purchase the same game twice or pay for upgrades. That's the quote from them. So now they are they are jumping on board with that functionality, and this is that functionality that's useful to a developer. Now I can make a game, and I can literally just set it up where it, it takes care of itself, and I don't have to worry about as much of, you know, oh, well, what happens when, you know, half of my install base on Xbox that likes my game moves to Xbox Series X. Don't have to worry about it. It's covered. It's taken care of. And, and Microsoft's helping me do it. You're future-proofing your title that comes out, assumably, two months before the system launches. <laughs> right. So I think it's huge, and it'll be... It's a it's a big deal now. It will be a game-changer, an impossible... Or a possible factor as to why Xbox becomes, you know, wearing the crown of this generation if Sony doesn't match it. That's the part where you got to go... Is Sony and we've been starting to hear rumors that they're bring that they're going to bring their first party games to PC. Not you know we saw like the one old game, but like they're talking about like doing this same thing, and if they do that, then good then then it's not as big of an impact. It's still very cool for us gamers just to know that we have that ability no matter where we play. But if Sony doesn't or can't yet. They don't have the infrastructure to to allow it, let's say. This is a huge selling point. Also, if you think if you're CD Projekt Red and let's say a Series X version did get announced, how many people who were going to buy your game in September but also planning on buying a Series X say, hey, maybe I'll just wait two months mm, and buy yes. it. You know, This way you get your player base, you get the excitement of the game when it first launches, and then it's just, again, you're grandfathered in it. You move forward as the technology moves forward. Yeah. And it, I made this joke uh, when the story broke earlier today. Uh, Yourself, Miggy, and I, you know, text thread prepping the show for the day. I was like, man, if Nintendo did this, they'd be out of business <laughs> because Nintendo lives on ports. They live <laughs> on like, hey, here's a bunch of games from the Wii U. It fills up the library of the Switch, which I love. I, I love the ports because I don't have, a, I never owned a Wii U. Like, it's great. But if Nintendo were to do this, hey, if you bought this on Wii U, you get it on Switch, Nintendo would be bankrupt by now because, well, I guess no one bought the Wii U, so that's not true. But <laughs> and the, the point is there that this is. By them, by no one buying the Wii U, it definitely put Nintendo in a situation of, uh oh, this might be the death of, of Nintendo. We, yeah. were, we were at that moment of one more fumble, and it's over. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it definitely pushed them to the edge. So again, this is just this is another example of Microsoft doing what would be the right thing by the players, giving players things they want, like they've been doing for. Four years yeah, now, every yeah. single time news is coming out from Xbox, it's, oh, cool. Oh, thanks. Oh, wow. You know, like, they've just been rolling. Phil has that that organization clicking on all levels to bring gamers things they want, and Sony is out pulling some Shang Tsung kind of crap, stealing <laughs> your soul through a controller that no one wanted. So... 
I don't know. I'm uh, every week I get closer and closer to thinking maybe I'll end up being an Xbox boy with well, you guys. Well, I mean, you're going to be an Xbox boy. Yeah, we'll, boy. We'll, we'll yeah. see. Butter we'll boy. see. We'll see about that. It's cool of them to catch up to. Um, Steam's done that. Like uh, I bought um, Skyrim. Um, you know, like when it came out, and then when they came out with the updated like HD version with everything in it, they threw it in my uh my my account, my playlist. Like I didn't even buy it. They threw that in there, and I think they did the same thing with the uh, Bioshock collection. Like yeah. they just threw in the updated HD versions. I'm like, oh, right. okay, cool, thanks. Yeah. Um, and so the 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 rumors are out there about the uh, the news seemingly confirming that the X you know the Xbox has 12 teraflops. We know that now. But now there's starting more rumors are starting to fly out about PS5 uh, reaching 9.2 teraflops. It's just a couple days ago that I was reading 12 versus 12. That was going to be very neck, you know, neck and neck. Now I'm starting to see things reporting 9.2. This is all rumor, okay? So don't get mad at me. That but we're going to ride down. We're going to go down this road. If Xbox comes out at 12 and Sony comes out at 9.2 and 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 they're the same price. Let's just say they're a five hundred dollar system each, and Xbox has this ability to say, "Hey, you buy a game on the Xbox One, you got it on the Xbox Series X, as long as as long as it's first party or the third party manufacturer supports that feature." And Sony doesn't have that. Like this is this is shaping up to be the PS4 and the Xbox One all over again, just flipped. Microsoft could just launch out into the lead and the weird thing that microsoft has done here is if you realize this as a developer i don't okay sony has uh what 100 million 105 million ps4s let's say xbox has what 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 did we think they got to have 60 more than 60 i'd say between 60 and 80 80 being peak right for sure 60 and 80 They've just guaranteed the Xbox One to have life for two two more years. Like, realistic life. We're not talking about the 3DS here just lingering along and getting once in a while getting something. We're talking about, hey, you and the Xbox, you know, Xbox One and the Xbox Series X can sit there and play games together for the next two years, basically, as long as developers want to make it happen. And, every, and, and then everything that comes out in the next two years from Microsoft... Will be playable on the Xbox One and the Series X, and will work together where people can play together. You've it's a big player base. You've merged. You've you're merging your generations. So even though they're separate generations, there's no wall. Like, remember, I got a PS4. You had a PS3. We've told this story before that you got the pre sequel, and I got PS4 and was like. I don't want to. We played I, it like once, and yeah. then everyone bailed on the Borderlands the pre sequel. But if because you, PS4 was out, like I got it, like I wasn't mad about it, but I was like, well, I guess I'll just continue on on my own. So rewind back to that, and and now imagine that if we both bought pre sequel like we did, but I could now play it on the PS4, and maybe it was enhanced a little bit, but I could play it on my new system with you on your PS3. We would have played it more. Absolutely, and would have kept us. It would have kept us more involved in, in gaming. And 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 still allowed you know online gameplay multiplayer for whatever, and eventually you got a PS4 and we were able to do that. But I mean, we you had to wait for that. You don't have to now. It's just it's an it's a super smart decision that I think is a is just a home run. It it, it is going to be 
looked at as one of the reasons why Microsoft, if, if it ends out this way, it will be one of the reasons why Microsoft won this, this coming generation is because they figured out how to not only win the generation, but bring their previous generation with them. Yeah. It's, it's, it's great. Well, that was our attack on the news. Yeah. And th- this is, a, we covered a lot of stuff. Like, we really dug into hardware rumors and hardware announcements on the show. Get in our Discord. We have an Xbox channel. We have a PlayStation channel. Uh, we have gaming general. All, we'd love to hear these conversations going. And, uh, again, we really look forward to seeing what Sony's actually going to announce. We did a lot of speculation with them, but Microsoft doubling down on, on great features. So get in our Discord, and we'd love to continue the conversation there. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for uh, thanks for thanks for that. You already you already heard where to go to get more content, um, and that's been our attack on the news. So we're gonna move into our discussion moment, right? Let's disgust. Let's get disgusting. Uh, disgust. I'm already there. So, I'm disgusted. So something happened over the weekend for me, and it, it's not the first time it's happened, right? But it's I'd say it's the first time in quite a while where I was playing video game, and I became Annoyed, I became upset and I got angry, and so it led me to kind of think about. And I wasn't there to instigate. <laughs> you weren't. You weren't. So it led me to the discussion piece that I wanted to like, you know, talk, to, you know, ask you guys if you want to do it on this week's show. You all agreed, and that was, what makes you rage in video games? Like what? And and if you're not a rager, if you're not someone that sits there and breaks their mouse, you know, while accidentally breaking their hand, smashing the mouse into the table, like what causes you to enjoy video games less? What really gets under your skin almost every time it happens? And so I was uh I was playing League of Legends with a couple friends, frustrated Canadian, Spidey 2KX. And, you know, we were just playing some normals. It wasn't ranked. It wasn't, you know, like, doesn't there was the outcome of the game meant nothing. But there's something about League that drives me fucking crazy, okay? And let me explain to you. League of Legends is not a short game when you're playing normal matches. These games can go 45 minutes for one match if you're sitting there kind of, like, locked in, in, this, in this struggle. And we... We're in a match. I, we were playing okay. The game was pretty balanced. The other team might have had a slight lead. And then just just like, I hate this game when I play with randos that have no fucking clue what they're doing. And then don't ask questions. Don't try to work with, as a team. They just do dumb shit. Like, example, I had a jungler. Okay? there's this, There's an objective in the game called the Baron. The Baron gives your team a buff that allows you to take all your minions in every lane and giant-size them and make them powerful so that you can push in on the other team faster for like two to three minutes. It's a pretty important objective. We knew, we, we had already been kind of pushed back into our base. We knew that's where they were going. It's the next, it's the next thing. They're going to get that. They're going to end the game. We can't contest it. We're not in a situation to contest it. Our jungler goes out there and alts into the pit of the Baron where the uh, the five enemies are. The entire team is there by himself. And I think you can guess what happens. He dies. Leroy it's late in the game. <laughs> <laughs> it's late. It's late in the game. It's very late in the game. So when you die, you have like a one minute like mm. death death respawn. 
And so I typed to this guy. I'm like, no, no, real, real quick. The role of the jungler. Explain real quick for anyone that doesn't play League. I, Why I, would it matter if the jungler died? The jungler roams the entire map and supports each lane to try to create advantages within a lane. So, so if, if they're dead one... for a minute late game, <laughs> yeah. the whole team's being left They down. also generally, I don't want to say generally, a lot of times they're tanky, so they can be that that wall. for. So I play a DPS. I play a damage dealer that's very squishy, can die very easy, and which is what squishy means. But <laughs> anyways, um, and so I need a wall in front of me to do my job. If you put a wall in front of me, then I can do a lot. I can do a lot. If you don't, the other team knows and they jump on me and I'm gone. And then you're really in trouble because you can't put in the damage that you need to. So anyways, he, go, he goes, ults in, dies. I type to him. I go, 1v5? What, what are you doing? We need you to defend the base. He goes, yeah, but it was barren. I'm like, yeah. And how did that go for you? And then he tells me basically, I'm not going to say word for word what he told me, but it wasn't very pleasant. And and basically turned into this super toxic person. I was like, you went in one. I have never even seen a pro jump into a barren pit 1v5 and come out somehow. And the best player in the world can't do it. So to me... <laughs> Oh dear God! Uh, Where did that come from? Is that oh oh no no okay all right I, I got you very good very good but anyways so that happened and I'm I'm very irritated and at that point we somehow start to turn the game around I'm like oh my God are we actually going to outscale this team and win this so we're doing all right and that's when once again. Uh, some, somebody just starts to go do a random thing, which is I'm going to go into their jungle, into this random spot, and just drop a ward there because we need vision in this random spot in the middle of their jungle by by this buff. That That's where we need vision. Gets pounced on, dies, but this is when they were hurt. The other team was hurt, so I jump in. And I'm and when, when the character I play, when I get one kill... I get a speed boost in my attack speed. And I mean, I start to shred. So I get the kill. And that's when the two other people there with me, they run away. I'm like, no, 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 no. Turn around. Like, we got this. If, as long as you can keep, keep people off me, we will win this. I guarantee. Because I get a second kill, it stacks. And then I just, I start obliterating everything. No, they run away. I get pounced on, killed. They get caught still, died, wipe the entire team. They come down, they win the game. And I'm literally like, one one of the people um, on the team was uh, frustrated Canadian, right? And he's talking to me, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm about to say some things, but Spidey's streaming, right? He's he's streaming, I'm not, and I'm like, this is not good for Spidey's stream. So I was just like, you know what, guys? I'm just gonna stop right here, and I'm gonna mute my mic. And like, you can hear frustrated Canadian's like, yeah, but, and I'm just like mute, and I don't say a word the rest of the match. I, I sit silent to myself, just fuming as we lose this match that ran 33 minutes long. And I go, that is 33 minutes I wasted and that I will never get back. And that is something that drives me nuts with League is when I feel like I'm playing a game that we have no chance at winning, that there's nothing to learn from it, that it's not fun. There's no factor in the game that I can find to latch on to something and say, well, at least I had a good round or whatever it was. And then I go, well, that's 33 minutes. That's that's another 20 minutes. Okay, now I've put an hour into this game, and I'm mad. Like, why am I doing this to myself? That's why I rage. 
shit like that. And you could solve that by not playing League of Legends ever again because it's toxic garbage. I'm not going to argue with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I, I totally get that because it's really in line with what bothers me. And the thing that triggers me the most is when I'm gaming, uh, specifically on Rocket League, and, like, I, I have to deal with other people's chat. Like, you talk about this dude making stupid plays and getting toxic. The same thing. I went and, and in Rocket League disabled the other team's chat. Right. So I don't have to see everyone going, what a save, what a save, what a save all the time. Because all it is is annoying trolling instead of, like, the fun of competition. Like, when I'm playing with my friends and they're like, Ethan, you're an idiot. You really suck. I'm like, oh, okay, it is what it is. You're right. And we all have a good laugh about it because it's my friends. When it's strangers telling me that I suck and I'm ruining it all, it just makes me feel bad, and that makes me not want to play the game. It, like, boils up my blood. I've gotten so mad playing Rocket League with strangers online that I've, like, not played for a week. And I'm like, that's why I had to disable the chat because I was like, oh, if I can't see what they're saying to me, it's still super fun. Yeah. No, it's a good, it's a good, definitely a good uh, way to try to counter it, right? Yeah. My situation with with the game with the game that I'm dealing with, there is you don't have that counter. Well, actually, the counter is play with your friends, get enough people online that you yeah. don't have to play with randos. I don't mind playing with one or two, where like the majority of my team is us, because that way, like I feel like we can control the flow. We could if we all ping something. Like the rando, the randos will listen. Yeah, it's just it's tough. Like when Owl and I will run bot lane, we'll do duos bot lane. So the rest of the the rest of the map is randos, and it's like we'll have a great round and and we'll be winning our lane. You look at the top, it'll be zero and nine and five minutes in in a ranked game, and they're like, oh, this is my first time playing Shaco, and it's like. You're in a ranked game. Why would you, what do you mean this is your first time playing the champ? They're like, oh, I just want to try him out. Well, try him out normal, man. Like. Or the people that just quit. quit quitting is really annoying. Sashin brought that up in the chat. You're playing a ranked game. You know, again, he's referencing Rocket League because we play that a lot together. Like, you don't get a backfill. You're now down a man. Yeah. And oh, man, it's it's so frustrating. Just commit and see it through. Even if you're not good, like yeah. just see it through. And so game El game uh gameaholic Nico makes a good point. Uh, mine is when people make fun of new players for not knowing how to play the game. Uh, I mean, the vets were new at the game at 1.2. So here's the thing about League. I and and Owl and everybody have taught so many people how to, 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 you know, got them started with League of Legends. And I am completely down to play with people that are still learning. Spidey's still learning. Miggy's still learning. Uh, Steve-O is still learning. There's a ton of people that are new to the game right now. They're learning concepts. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with losing. I'm not okay... When you are a random toxic asshole that wants to sit there and talk shit to me when you have no idea what you're doing. And, and you know, you can tell by you go and you look at the player's build, it's all wrong. You go, you look at all these things, you're like, you you don't know what you're doing yet, you're just being an asshole. Um, instantly, I just lose respect for you and, and I'm done dealing with you at that point. So, I agree. I don't like when people like sit there like, "Oh, you're no good at this game. Drink bleach and uninstall it." Like that's not like I'm. That's not me. I'm the one that's always like, "One v five Baron question mark. What were you thinking?" And someone would be like, "Well, I had a ward in there. They only had a hundred life left. If I could have stole it, you four would have got the buff, and I would have died. It would have been worth it." 
if that was your answer, I'd be like, okay, cool. But that wasn't the answer. <laughs> so, yeah, I um, I, I definitely understand that concept too is that is that people and so forza is a great example and that's actually where i met uh gameaholic nico from is forza has a community where i went into the game and i had no idea what i was doing and one night i decided i was going to drift around this stupid little dinky corner and i just kept hitting houses and people and, and deer <laughs> and I, I was terrible and people like Ghostwalker came into my stream they're like wow well, instead of being like, you suck, dick, why are you even playing this game? You're, you're garbage. See you later. Never coming back to the stream. Instead, they sat there like, well, first of all, that car is not the car to be using. You should try this car. And also, you should consider this, this, and this. Now give it a try. And all of a sudden, my score doubled. I'm like, okay, now what you need to do is, is you know, A, B, and C. And they coached me along. And then, before you knew it, I'm playing the game with Ghost. I'm in I'm in convoys with Gameaholic Nico and it's things like that where it's like they are veterans of their game and they know by helping new players the health of their game remains strong. Yeah. You know, when you are toxic and evil and just super mean towards people and they they stop playing your game, guess what happens to your game? It dies. Even Riot, even League of Legends, the biggest game in the world right now, knows that to be true because of how much they've tried to combat the toxicity of their game, knowing that it hurts their game. Sure, it's still doing successful, but that's because Riot has put in so much time trying to clean that up and improve their image. Yeah. Mickey, is there anything that triggers you gaming? I can't stand it. When I'm trying to play a game, I'm just trying to play for fun. You know, I'm not, you know, um, and people decide to stop and give me a lesson. It's like, you know, did, 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 did I ask for the help? And this is like, you know, like randos and everything. And they spend the time going in depth in the detail. Well, when the game first came out in uh, 1995, the first iteration, uh, you could do damage like this. And then, uh, and then when they changed with the next game, it's like, I, I, I'm just, I just, I don't want to be rude. I don't want to say, you know, no, 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 I'm not here for this. I'm not here for this. But they stop the game and give me a lesson. And mind you, it's throughout the week. I have a limited amount of gaming time and they go in and in. And when I'm going off to play the game, like play how I want and attack like I want, they're like, no, 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 you're not doing it right. You have to do it. Do it like this. You have to go come, come over here with me and do this. And it's like, <sighs> they're just trying to lift you up, Miggy. And you know, I, and, 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 and um, believe me, I, I appreciate that. And my first thing is when I see people struggling online too, the first question I ask is, hey, um, would you mind if I gave you some tips? Would you mind if I gave you some pointers on, you know, to help you out with this? And if they say, yeah, then the lesson commences. But if they say, you know what? No, nah, I'm not here for all that. Then I say, okay, cool. Let's have fun. You know, I mean, I, I just don't just jump in and give me an un, un well, requested lesson. You know, I, I, my, my time is precious in gaming. And if I want to, if I want to kill you and waste my entire, my entire ammo clip just to get one headshot, I mean, Hey, Hey, you know, that's what I'm gonna do. <laughs> you, you do you, I guess. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean it's good. Like I had the, I gave him the example when he told me his, of when I was playing Star Wars, right? Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah. I streamed that entire game. It would have been very easy for someone to come in and and spoil that game for me or mm -hmm. give something away they shouldn't have, and I, that didn't happen. So I was very thankful, but I did have one person that I was. They were like, "Well, do you want me to help you with this puzzle I was stuck on?" I was like, "No." And then they did anyways. And I was annoyed, 
And then I got even more annoyed when I realized that they missed, they forgot about a step. They forgot to mention a step between them. So here I am trying to use their advice now because they already said it, right? Yeah. And I'm sitting here, I'm like, this doesn't work. Like something's wrong here. And I had to sit there and be like, um, no, there's some, something has to happen before this. And I figured it out and I go, see, this is why, this is another reason why I don't want people just to give things away. It's one thing for you to say, hey, you might be able to like do better here mm-hmm. by using more force push, by using this technique. Okay. But instead of going, oh, the puzzle is A, B, and C, you, you just do this and it unlocks. You, you've just, you've given the puzzle away at that point. Yeah. You're not, you're not helping me. You're just literally giving, we're cheating at that point. And so my whole thing with that is I spent an extra five, 10 minutes trying to figure out something because somebody left a piece of it out. And that annoyed me even more where I was like, Oh my God. Like once I figured it out, I was like, see if I wouldn't have, if you wouldn't have told me that I would have worked through this in a normal process. And I, I probably would have resolved it quicker, but because I tried to jump and you would have had more fun doing it. Yeah. And more fun doing it. Exactly. For sure. So it, just don't game with other people on the internet that you don't know. That's actually right, what right. we just came about is playing video games with people you don't know on the internet is infuriating because all of us are connected to that. But, but, I mean, you kind of feel like you, there's some experiences where you kind of cheat yourself. I mean, you kind of like miss out on some great experiences. Like I've met some. It's not not all bad. I've met some like great people like, you know, playing with randos and I'm, you know, going expecting to get a horrible time to get the rage and everything. And it turns like completely around where it's been like a chill group and it's like hey i don't want i don't want to get off now intentional feeding gameaholic nico just said it intentional feeding is is an enraging where someone just they don't get what they want they don't get the position they want or you didn't join their party chat or something like that so they just feed the other team and just snow just snowball the game and and again in a game yeah in a game where you can't just quit because if i quit on league let's say if I try to join another game, it kicks me back into the game I was already in, or I get penalized and now I have to take a 15-minute break because I'm penalized because I can't leave that game even though someone's ruining the entire experience for me. You know, if they had a biometric scan that told them that they were a troll, <laughs> maybe Sony's on to something there. Maybe I'm going to backpedal on everything. If Sony can figure that part out, I'm 100% on board. All right. Well, if you want to keep this conversation going, get in the Discord. Let us know what triggers you. GameZilla channel in the GameZilla Media Discord. But it's time. Game Moments of the Week. Ah. Why don't you start this one off? What do you got? What do you got for us? Game Moments of the Week. I actually did a lot of gaming this week. It felt pretty good. Uh, Played some new stuff. But I want to say the highlight of my gaming week uh, came down to... uh, I was inspired by our, our friend Bax, who recently picked up Celeste. And I was like, you know, I've wanted to play Celeste forever. We know I love Matt Makes Games because I'm a big Towerfall fan. And just Celeste was one of those games that's like, oh, I've always wanted to play it, but I already have uh, Meat Boy on PlayStation and I already have The End is Nigh on Switch, like those type of challenging platforming games. But on Thursday, Celeste was on sale for like $6.75, normally a $20 game. I threw a couple Nintendo coins at it, got it for $5. And I was like, this is the perfect time to play Celeste. You know, we have a friend who's playing it too, so I can connect and talk to him a little bit about the game. And uh, 
having a really good time playing Celeste. I love the story. I love the platforming. It's it's a type of game that I like, and uh, the story's been deep, but also kind of quirky and fun. It's emotional. There's a lot going on with it. I'm probably 45 to an hour into the game, and uh, it's really good. I mean, that's, that's all I can say. Everyone knows Celeste is good because it's won awards. It's been out for a couple years now. Uh, but if you like a challenging platformer game in the style of Meat Boy, you die a ton. Just one of those die, repeat, die, repeat kind of games. So you figure out the puzzles, time out all the jumps. It's a really good one. That's that's all I can say so far from my limited playthrough of it. And you, as far as like what's going on in the game, you don't know, right? Like that was never ruined for you. No, I don't. I don't know um, any spoilers or anything. Yeah, okay. I, I I know, and again, I I guess I don't know if this is a spoiler. So if you are super worried, skip ahead 15, 30 seconds on the pot on your podcasting app. But I know that there's aspects of mental health. There's a story of mental health involved, anxiety, depression in this tale. Um, I don't know, you know, how, how that all unfolds or if that even counts as a spoiler or not, you would know more than me, but I know that's also part of the aspect of the game. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. I, it's a great game. I, I, I've loved, uh, I actually haven't finished it, but I love what I've played of it. It is really fun. And, um, it gives me hope of what this developer can do in the future because it's, we, we really like to tower fall ascension. This is this, you know, their next game that in all reality has been more successful than their previous game. So you know what, what can they do? Yeah. You need to play it on your switch light with your D pad. Yeah. I actually read. So we all, when you, when sci-fi AJ got it and then, and then you picked it up too, I was like, well, I'll just, I already had it. Right. So I just redownloaded it. So I, I did load it onto there along with dead cells. You got me to reload dead cells. Mm -hmm. So I'll be uh, I'll be playing a lot of uh, games that I just die over and over and over again. So, um, but yeah, are you are you done then? Yeah, that okay. I, I I don't need to run down a Rolodex of every game okay. I tried this week. Uh, but yeah, that was it for me. Okay, so highlight. Uh, my gaming moment of the week is I got to play Forza right, and it's been a lot of fun. The community's been I already said the community's been amazing. Get people hooking me up with some really nice hosts and I've been really kind of being accepted into a larger community than, than I ever knew was was there so I've been on the DLC side in the mountains learning to drift and people like Ghostwalker, KB and, and Snarf and others have been teaching me how to drift um, and, and I started with an RX-7 that was built for me, that's the Grimlock car that I've shared on my social media but I wanted to move into the Viper, the the car that it seems like all these guys are setting, you know, world records with pretty much. And I talked to KB. I said, this is what I want to do. It tells me what where to get the car, tells me where to get the tune. Sits, sits on my stream as I sit there and horribly drift all over the place. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, maybe I should just go back to the RX-7. Yeah. <laughs> so... Long, you know, with all that being said, in practice of practice and streaming it, I set a new personal best and have moved into the top six thousand in the world for this this sequence called the Needle with five hundred fifteen thousand points in drift, which is is pretty impressive. Consider I'm, I'm in the one percentile of all global Forza players. That sounds impressive to me. Nice. Yes, yeah. and so it you know, and you mean the ninety ninth percentile. One percentile would be the very bottom. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, 
the it was really cool because a lot of the people were like 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 kb sitting there like wow you know watching you in this short period of time progress it's it's been pretty impressive you really you know but then strangers coming in a stream and going oh my god how do you drift like that like you're so good right like type deal i'm like no i'm not i'm not really i'm not guys like you have no idea how bad i am they're like no i can't do what you're doing i'm like yes you can i can if i can do it you can do it believe me you just need to know how to set the car up and you need someone like kb and ghost to like just tell you a few things and i'm telling you you can do this i go but it was cool that people would come in and be like oh wow like you know you know what you're doing like it finally like kind of for me putting this much time into the game a short period of time putting as much time in the game people were actually like recognizing that oh this guy has some skill you know and it was fun so my true gaming moment of the week revolving around all this is that i wanted sean flack a good friend of mine a fellow streamer on mixer um to join me and start practicing because he was actually more into this game before i was and then kind of fell out of it and now i'm trying to kind of pull him back in and i'm like yeah come on let's do this just come to the needle just come race he's like where's that at and then like it's the dlc he's like i don't have any dlc and i'm like oh okay well hold on a second and i decided to try something i've never done on xbox and that is use the gift system Mm. So on Xbox in the store, you can literally gift anything to anyone. Yeah, which is on your o- friends list. It's always confused me that you can't do that as easily on other platforms because yeah. I've wanted to like gift Switch games and stuff. Yeah. And I'm like, ah, oh, now I have to cash app somebody. And right, exactly. So I I re- literally went and found the uh, vi the the VIP like bundle pass, and just clicked on it, buy his gift, and then it said it pulled up my friends list. Says, who do you want to send this to? I said, Sean Flack, paid for it. And then, boom, it sent him a message, sent him an email, and it was done. And he was downloading it. And oh, I was nice. like, dang, that was slick. And then, of course, he was, like, freaking out because he's like, oh, my God, like, thank you so much. I'm like, yeah, man. Like, you got to – I go, do you see what I just did there? Now there's no excuse for you to not play fours with me. I now <laughs> own you. He's an enabler. Like, you no, are no. now Sean, part of me. Selfish. Sean Flack. Sean, I know you're going to at least listen to this podcast. As the number one person Grim enables, yeah. be very careful what it's he'll do to late. you. He yeah. accepted it. Yeah, he, he, I, Grim's been, been enabling me for a decade. Like, just here, just here's just a little bit of this. Just play this with me. me. So, just do this with the me. The best yeah. part of it was the next day, right? So he downloads it and he's like, I normally play games till about 11 o'clock. He's in Cali, so 11 o'clock is time. And. He goes, then Grim, you know, got me into Forza and gifted me the DLC, and I played until 1 a.m. Yeah. And I was like, yes! Yes! So, anyways, um, the the gifting system worked really well. Uh, Obviously, um, Sean is a huge supporter of the podcast, a huge supporter of me, and so it was, you know, it's something that I, I wanted to do. It was super, super cool. I was able to easily do that and surprise him. Um Versus, like you said, you cash app someone. Okay, hey, I sent you thirty bucks. Go buy that game yeah, now. Yeah, it's not the same. It's, it's not, not the, the same, same as instantly hitting hitting the download. Yeah, yeah. Sean Flack is the the president of the West Coast chapter of the Gamesilla family. Yeah, he's the hype. Yeah, he's the he's that West Coast hype. West Coast Avengers. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, that's my game in moment of the week. What what about you over there, Miggy? Uh, nothing too big this week. Just been putting a lot of time in, um, getting back into uh, Sims. Um, so as, if, if anybody that knows knows me knows that um, 
just about as much as I enjoy mobile gaming, I enjoy cu- uh, custom character creation. Yeah. So, um, I mean, any game, action RPG, um, if it has a, a, a character creation mode on there, I'm, I'm down. That's that's what sold me on Soul Calibur Six. Not the actual fighting aspect, but just creating characters. So, um, yeah, yeah, just been putting in a lot of time with the uh, Sims, trying to figure out things of just like uh, getting in, chatting with uh, some of my uh, favorite streamers about why my Sims do do what they do. Like, for instance, they'll go to the bathroom and wash their dishes instead of washing their dishes right by the sink in which they ate by. They they, they stood by the sink and they ate. They cleaned their plate off. Then they walked. <laughs> They walked around the island, which the sink was built in, to go the long way to walk uh, to the bathroom to wash their dishes in there. Sounds like your Sims have some obsessive compulsive disorders. They, they, they are weird. Like, I have bathrooms that are, like, upstairs and whatnot, and they'll eat in the kitchen or eat in the dining room area. Then they'll take their plate upstairs, wash their dishes in the bathroom, and be done. And it's like, why are you doing this? Why? So, um, yeah, it's just, it's just been fun. I think I've been putting in a lot of time. Like, it easily takes me about an hour to make one character. Um, with all the mods and all of the uh, the patches and stuff that you can um, add to make your characters look uh, look good, look better than just the vanilla game. So here's a question for you. Maybe you haven't thought about this great idea. Maybe I'm about to pitch it to you. Mm-hmm. Why haven't you recreated the Gamezilla Media Studio and created all of us in there and then captured that content so that it could be played behind us all the time like like code monkeys yeah well actually what i would need to do <laughs> what i actually and i did this um with my personal home as i actually found like the blueprint of the home and like recreated my house in there from like square foot square foot so um who knows i i, I like that challenge i it, think i'll do that it, it, to me i just thought about i just thought about it i was like man that would be kind of cool and just and, and just capture some of it so that we could just goof around with it on stream but uh, yeah. Anyways, there you go. Hmm. <laughs> I'm concerned about this. I don't want. Guess who's not getting any sleep tonight? It's just yeah, a stick of want... butter just moving around. <laughs> just sentient. a stick of butter. Oh, I like sentient that. Sentient stick of butter. Oh, oh, oh and then like a that. big metal T-Rex just walks up and just junk, junk. Yeah, because that's part of Sims. Sentient sticks. Is there a mod for that in you'd a T-Rex? Be, you'd there be can surprised. be. You'd be surprised. I can make the request in certain forums and uh, make that happen. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyways, those are our gaming moments of the week. We always like to hear what you guys have going on. So please join the Discord. Talk with gamers from around the world every day. Share your gaming moments. Find gamers to uh, to match up with and, and play your favorite games together. And, yeah, just uh, hang out when we're not doing the podcast. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Thank you again to all of our patrons that support GameZilla Media and all of our wonderful podcasts, including The Legend of Retro, Last Action Podcast, Noobs and Dragons, Noiseland Arcade, and of course, all of us here at the GameZilla Podcast. If you enjoy the show, please go to GameZillaMedia.com and uh, give a click, give a listen to one of the other wonderful shows that us and our friends put on for you every single week for free. And again, please consider joining our Patreon and helping us continue to grow and thrive as a podcast network show and community. Yeah, I think it's uh, safe to say we're going to have, we started kind of getting things in place and we should be uh, pretty much ready to launch our $10 cre- um, game credit, basically. Xbox, PS4, Switch, Steam. Uh, we're going to be giving away one of those every show. So that'll start next show, next week. Oh, I have a chance? No, you do not have a chance. Dang. Sorry. We we can't win that one, Mickey. Come on. Mm. 
<clears throat> but Miggy one player might be able to. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. You can't win. <laughs> um, yeah, so that should be uh, all that's going on there. We uh, Did you have something for this music? No, nah, just I thought it'd be nice to close the show out with some yeah. hype music. I want to give a shout-out to uh, Dave K as our latest patron. Thank you for joining Patreon. I want to thank everybody for hanging out tonight on episode 301, 301 of the Games Little Podcast. Thanks. Remember... We are your elite free DLC. And until next time, for gaming news, and until next time, game on. Game on. Game on.